Yes, 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 team. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Modern Day Leader. It's the 27th of December. This is episode 22. And first of all, I just want to say that I hope you've had an amazing Christmas. I don't know about yourself, but I've definitely eaten too much. I've drank too much. Um, Definitely like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day. I reckon I probably had... I don't know. I reckon I probably had about 20,000 calories over three days, so not far off 7,000 calories a day. I don't know if you saw my uh, Instagram stories, but I shared a few of the treats that I had. Uh, and for me, obviously, I love the mince pies. I love the Aspel cider. It's the first time that I've had a drink, I think, in about four months. So I felt like literally a college kid that's had the first drink. And, you know, it's like a helium balloon. You just let it go and it just goes all like floats off into the sky and that's kind of how I felt like a giddy college kid so uh, yeah it's been a couple of days of heavy eating but we're back to business we're going to tidy things up for the next couple of days uh, and then have a couple of days off uh, on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day as well so first of all just want to say I hope you have had had incredible Christmas and hope you've still got a couple of days off obviously leading up into the new year. So in today's episode, I thought it'd be really cool to do a self-reflection. This is a personal self-reflection and I want to share the wins, the losses, the highs, the lows and also my most valuable lessons of 2024. And this is something that I do every single year. I sit down with myself. I sat down actually, it was yesterday evening and just spent about one or two hours just reflecting over the year what's gone well, what things have I struggled with, what have been the most valuable lessons. And I'd honestly encourage every single person listening to this podcast over the next week or so, especially before we go into the new year, just to spend, even if it's just 20 minutes, just writing down what have been the best parts of 2023. Um, What have been, I just realised as well that I said uh, self-reflection 2024, but actually in 2023, so I about that. But coming back to what I was saying, I actually reflect on this year and think what's gone well, what hasn't gone so well, what have been the highs and lows, and also what have been the lessons, because you can take those forward with you into 2024. So the idea of this is just to give you a very honest review, share the successes, share the failures, and share the lessons. And I thought we'd start by sharing the positives, but it's definitely worth staying, listening to the end, because it's definitely not just been a rosy year. There's been lots of challenges, lots of struggles, um, but also a lot of wisdom that's been accumulated as well. So from a personal point of view, if I look back over this last year, one of the things that I'm most proud of is the balance that I've struck with work and family life. Up until probably last year, I'd say the balance was completely out. It was all work focused and then the kids and Sally would would come second. Whereas I feel like this year I've made a promise to myself and to my family. It's really important when you're making promises to actually share it with whoever you want to share it with. As in like if it's your family that you make a commitment to, do that because it keeps you accountable. So we kind of said at the start of last year, sorry, the start of this year, that work had gone out of balance, you know, I wasn't spending enough time with Sally and the kids, so I made a commitment to basically focus on work Monday through to Friday, but at the weekends it was all kids focused. So for me, I'm so, so proud of that because it's it's made me develop a better relationship with Sally, my wife. Um, I feel like I'm a really good dad. I've been very, very present. And even though I work during the week, I, I do bath time with the kids like three to four nights per week. I read Nora's story pretty much every single evening. Um, and when the kids get home from school, I might spend like 10, 20, 30 minutes just checking in with with them, uh, playing a bit of Xbox. So I, I do put pockets of time in throughout the week just to make sure I'm present. And that's something that I'm so, so proud of because, uh, yeah, it's um, one thing that I kind of missed out on, I think, with my dad is like having that quality time. And, and I saw my dad at the weekends and don't get me wrong, he, he, he was, he's been fantastic and, you know, everybody's life goes off in a different direction. But for me, the, the thing that I missed with my dad is like having that time with him. I feel like, you know, work was always 
what work always takes over and I, and I see that with a lot of guys so that for me is like something I'm really really proud of another thing that I'm proud of is like I've looked after my mental health so I've done like a what I call a self-development routine five days per week at least this year so that's reading my book that's doing my gratitude diary that's doing my daily outcomes that's exercising whether that's a walk or doing a weight session and actually recorded a podcast on this about two weeks ago about the importance of a morning routine how I set myself up to win and a couple of tips so feel free to go back and check that episode if you've not already listened to it so the fact that I've done that has kept me in a really good space mentally I also think that I've become a better leader, like a better coach, a better father, a better husband, and also a better leader of my own life. I think, again, if we look at 2022, last year, I was more reactive, whereas in now I see myself as a puzzle solver. When shit hits the fan, which, trust me, shit hits the fan pretty much every single day, there's always some kind of drama going on, whether it's within work, whether it's within the personal life, whether the kids are getting sick, whether I'm sick, whether somebody in my family is struggling with something, you know, my mum, my sister, my dad, there's always a challenge, there's always a puzzle. Um, and in the past, I would almost, like, deny the reality, and I would wish that the thing wasn't happening, or I'd play victim, and just kind of stay in that frame of mind for, for longer than what was necessary. And don't get me wrong, I still have those reactions and those emotions, but now I automatically think, right, how do we solve this? Or what do we need to do to fix this? What's going to be the solution? Even if the reality isn't the way I want it to be, how can we find a solution? And that's almost like a switch that I've got in my head now. So I'm far more better at leading and responding and dealing with chaos. I've also listened to 241 podcasts, which I know sounds a bit, how do you know that? I, I write down everything. I, I, I love to like record everything. I love to record how many podcasts I listen to, how many books I listen to. Um, and again, listening to podcasts is something that's helped me out. And obviously, it's one of the reasons why I started this podcast was because I've learned so much through just listening to podcasts through commuting to work back when I used to work in the gym through walking to the gym like every time I walk to the gym I'm back I listen to podcasts I listen to podcasts when I'm training as well and it's just given me so much so much knowledge basically so I've listened to 241 podcasts like a lot of my business coaches have their own podcast uh, I also listen to like Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett which is great and the high performance podcast and also I really like modern wisdom podcast with Chris Williamson I think that's how you say his name so really happy with how much I've learned this year. I've also, alongside the podcast, read 14 books, usually on sports psychology or personal development mindset stuff. And I would say that the best book that I have read this year is Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Um, and it's kind of almost like a bit of an autobiography, but with like lots of personal lessons and lots of like self-reflections, just looking through somebody's life. A bit like what I'm trying to do today is kind of reflect on everything. Like what has gone well? What have I learned? You know, what's my wisdom? Where have I messed up? And you know, how can I become a better person? So that book is absolutely amazing. Uh, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Another thing I'm proud of from a personal point of view is I've invested over £28,000 on my education. So that's to do with like the anatomy side of things, sports science, business coaching, mindset coaching. So I've invested a lot of money this year into my own personal development and my own self. And I honestly believe that the best investment you can make is in yourself. Now you don't have to invest £28,000. For, for some people, it could be a couple of thousand pounds in a year. That's going to make a massive difference. Or it could even just be buying a book or listening to an audio book, which will be about £10 a month, I think it is, for an audible subscription. But the more you invest in yourself, the more that you can grow as a person, the more value you can add to the world. And I honestly believe that personal development is the, is the best teacher because you're learning about yourself. You're, you're building a life that you want to do. And it's self-discovery. Um, and I think, yeah, that's something that I'm very, very proud of. 
investing that amount of money into myself and also what it's done for me mentally, physically, for my business. Everything has improved as a byproduct. And I honestly believe that what you get, what you put in, you get out. So the more you invest into yourself, the more you reap the rewards. I've also invested a lot in terms of like my pension, stocks and shares. I've talked about finances on quite a few different podcasts for me. Pod, uh, podcast, <laughs> well, I'm going off on one here. Financial freedom is it gives you flexibility, it gives you security, it allows you to operate from a higher place rather than just chasing a paycheck. So uh, I made a lot of good investments this year and like I mentioned, I think in a podcast a couple of weeks ago, I, I usually invest 10 to 20% of my monthly income into something that grows over time, that compounds, that gains interest, and that gives you more financial freedom. Another thing slightly going off topic here, I've called my gran every single Thursday. So my gran has had such a pivotal role in my life. Uh, I've always felt unconditionally loved. There's so many memories as a child, and as an adult, and she just loves me. Like, you know, when just somebody loves you and it's hard to explain, it's just this feeling. Uh, and I, you know, was feeling guilty because life's passing me by. My gran is like 87 now. Um, and it's just, every time I see her, it's almost like this feeling, like this This could be the last, as, as morbid as it sounds. And so I made a commitment every single week to to call her and I've stuck to that commitment again what you put in your diary or for your goals you, you get done and I made that commitment and had I not have put that down as a goal I wouldn't have done it um, so I'm really really proud of that and the conversations that we've had and the connections that we've had it's just been incredible Another thing, we've had like three family holidays. Again, if we looked at last year, I was guilty of not taking a lot of holidays. Whereas in now, like every 12 weeks, I will take a usually a week off from work or it at least take like five to seven days off. So having the family holidays, connecting with the kids and again, prioritizing the family has given me uh, a feeling inside like, warmth I don't know how to explain it but a love and a drive that I've never felt like before I've never felt so loved and connected to my wife to my kids uh, and again like having those holidays just to spend quality time with the people that I love has been something that I'm again really really proud of I've also managed to like reconnect with quite a few old mates, whether that's from school or university. So I want to give a shout out to, to Matty Hayes. I want to give a shout out to Sam Redfern, Ben Wardle, uh, people that I've, you know, used to know at uni like Scott Spernick, um, Hemant Ministry. You know, the, 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 there's so many people that have actually become clients now just because we've had a connection in the past and then they've, they've got back in touch. So just to actually reconnect with people, in some cases that I've not spoken to or seen for like 15 or 20 years, has been amazing. Um, and I've absolutely loved that. I've also found my love for watching sport again. Like I, I got Sky Sports earlier this year and it's one thing that really helps me switch off. Like I love watching football in the evening. So for me, finding ways to switch off has been key. And for me, it's like computer games, which Sally doesn't like, or football, which Sally doesn't like. So actually having that ability to find things outside of work that helps me switch off has been very, very valuable because it means then that from eight o'clock at night, if a football game's on, I'm not thinking about work. I'm not worried about anything. I'm focusing on the football. So that's been something that's just like a little bit of a, um, a daft thing to put in, but it's also been really helpful uh, for my mental health and for me to switch it off. Another thing, personal boundaries, like actually putting in times where I don't go on my phone. So usually for me, it's like between kind of seven and eight, my phone goes off and I usually don't check it for 12 hours. So that's been amazing because it means that I start my day focusing on myself and then I finish my day and I'm not reacting to messages, emails, etc. Now that's kind of personal stuff. From a business point of view, it's been an amazing year 
in business. You know, for one, I've started this podcast, which has been amazing. The feedback has been incredible. Um, I literally just started this because, yeah, I just wanted to share more stuff, add more value. I also think that social media is so busy and you can really only get your message across in like 30 seconds or so. Whereas in a podcast, you know, a lot of people listen to this when they're in the gym or when they're walking um, or when they're commuting to work. So it's an opportunity to add more value. And the feedback that I've got has been like so positive, largely, like you're always going to get naysayers and people that comment, but largely the, the feedback has been positive. And just knowing that some of the stuff that I'm sharing is helping people is, is, is incredible. So uh, I really appreciate anybody that's reached out um, and just, you know, said something about the podcast or it, it's helped you. I really, really appreciate that. I've also been on three podcasts. So where people have invited me onto their podcast, which has been really cool. Uh, one of them is Kieran O'Neill. So that's one of my coaches. And that was an amazing experience. It's somebody that I look up to enormously. And to be invited, invited on his podcast with the type of guest that he has is, is a real honor. So that was like a personal kind of brag, a personal achievement that I'm really happy with we've also like as of this podcast there's 93 clients that are a part of LEP fitness uh, clients literally all over the world mainly in the UK but a lot in different countries which has been amazing and just to see how this business has grown and just to see the people who are coming into the program it's, it's an absolute dream and honestly like I'm so lucky to coach the guys that I coach um, I know there's a lot of my clients that listen to this podcast and I just want to literally say thank you you know who you are um, you, you, you know every single week you're there to support whether it's on social media, you know, whether it's following the programs, whether it's reaching out, whether it's our conversations and our catch-up calls that we'll have like usually every three to six months. Like it's just absolutely incredible. Um, and I, I appreciate more than you'll ever know. We've also had over 300 inquiries, which is amazing. That's through like the website, through Instagram, through emails, um, through the podcast, etc. That's amazing. We've got 27 world-class transformations. So that's pretty much averaging a transformation every two weeks, which is is an amazing average to have and we've also got more in the pipeline because yes a lot of guys get great results in eight to twelve weeks but there's a lot also a lot of clients that where we take six to twelve months just because they're starting a different position or they want to go at a bit more of a slow and steady rate so looking forward to sharing more transformations with you next year we've had clients doing stuff like the new york marathon big shout out to dave uh, over in boston we've had clients doing the london marathon like graham and mike um it's been absolutely amazing like some of the goals that people have achieved have been incredible. Uh, 340 pieces of content have gone live, so pretty much every single day. And it's definitely been the best results that we've had in years. The standard has been incredible. And I think that's down to the type of clients that are coming into the program. We're very much aligned with each other. We're both, we're both very focused on, on results and working together. Uh, and also the fact that, yeah, it's another year of me coaching. I've been in this business now for 12 years for LEP Fitness, but I've been coaching for 15 years. And obviously each year I get better. I get more knowledge. I'm able to help more clients. And I'm like so confident with the system that I've got now that, I believe it can work with anybody as long as they've got the right commitment. In terms of like results, like the largest weight loss, 25 kilos, which is ridiculous. Like you pick up a 25 kilo dumbbell, it's a heavy weight. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to Wayne Slater, uh, who I used to actually play ice hockey with uh, at Blackburn. So well done, Wayne. Absolutely incredible. Released the eight week physique challenge. So there's about 49 guys that joined the program. The average weight loss is 7.1 kilos. So that's like over a stone. And for, for a lot of guys, it's the difference between having... Um, uh, either a bit of a belly versus a flat stomach or a flat stomach to then having abs. So that program has been mega. Um, and again, if you're interested in checking that out, if you just go onto the link in my Instagram bio, you will be able to find the eight week physique challenge. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and also like for me, like from a business point of view, like hiring a quality team, 
a really good accountant, I've got a social media manager now, somebody that edits my video, um, really good business coach and basically building out my boardroom and that's been massively valuable this year. So that's kind of personal reflections, business reflections. Health and fitness, I've trained 234 times, so that's averaging about four and a half sessions per week, which I'm really proud of. I've set, shared this on previous episodes of the podcast, but for me, I know if I train on average, say four times per week, over 52 weeks of the year, my diet's going to be better, my mood's going to be better, and just knocking over that big domino is going to lead to a cascade of knocking over all the other dominoes. So yeah, the fact that I've trained like on average four and a half times this week, I'm really happy with. I've also started swimming again. I fell in love with it when me and the family went to Portugal and I just decided I wanted to learn how to swim and, and swim properly, not just being able to stay afloat and not drown, um, but actually like being able to swim good techniques. So swimming twice a week since pretty much July, I think this year, June or July, and I've loved it. It's, it helps me switch off. It's almost like a form of meditation. I feel relaxed in the pool and it's just given me a focus, which I've absolutely loved. I've also eaten well 80% of the time. Again, I've spoken about this extensively, but pretty much like out of the 21 meals that I have each week, like at least 18 to 20 of those meals will be good. And I'll have a couple of cheap meals like you've seen on Instagram, the burgers, the pizzas and all the kind of dirty food that I will probably polish off on the weekend. So the fact that I've been consistent 80% I'm really happy with. I managed to do two photo shoots. I've had a six pack all year round. And again, this isn't kind of like me bragging. It's just that I found a system that works. And as you've seen, like I still have a flexible lifestyle. I work incredibly hard. I have a wife and two kids, very, very busy life. Um, but I still manage to train. I still manage to have a flexible diet and eat out probably once a week. We probably go out with the family at least once a week to eat out at a pub or restaurant. And I can still maintain that physique. So it kind of shows you that I'm not just some kind of monk that's just living in a treetop and just living off chicken and broccoli. In fact, I don't even eat chicken and broccoli. hate the stuff. Um, and I managed to build like a diet and a lifestyle that allows me to stay in shape all year round. So that's something I'm proud of. And that's what gives me confidence to be able to coach other people because yeah, I practice what I preach. If you were a fly on the wall and looked at my life, you'd be like, yeah, Nick is just what you see on Instagram and what you what you see is what you get. This is this isn't just him presenting the best bits. He is like actually practicing what he preaches. Um, I've also averaged 10,212 no, 10, steps per day. That's the average. So obviously some days you do 20,000, other days you might do 6,000, but the overall average has been 10,212 steps each day. And finally, on the health and fitness, I've had a coach all year round, which is something that I'm so proud of. Like... Um, to the, the, the fact that I've been investing in myself all year round. And I've said this before on podcasts, but I don't need a coach. You know, I've, I've been training for like the best part of 20 years. I've been coaching for 15 years and I've had my own business for about 12 years now. But for me, having a coach in your corner is like the best investment that you can make. And it's just that ability to constantly level up, have somebody to notice your blind spots. And again, like the fact that I'm willing to invest in myself, despite like knowing what I know now, shows that I'm just still a student. I'm always wanting to learn, grow. And that's something that I'm proud of. So like we've, we've kind of talked about all the positive stuff, yeah, that, that is literally all the positive stuff that happened, but there's also been a lot of lows, a lot of failures, and a lot of setbacks, and that's what I'd like to talk about in this kind of like second half of the podcast. And again, the idea of this is just to be open and honest. I could present myself as successful, but I could also present myself as unsuccessful. I may be successful in business, but I'm unsuccessful in other areas of my life. So I think it's really important to share this rounded approach, because if I just jumped on here and said, listen, guys, you know, this this is everything that I've achieved this year. You just think, well, good for you. But actually, like, what, what's the what's the real story? Like, what that there must be some sacrifices that have been made. There must be a lot of challenges. So that's what I want to delve into in this section of the podcast. So 
In terms of the lows, the failures and the setbacks, here's a few that I've experienced this year. So for one, I've had lots of illness. I've had an ear infection pretty much all year. Despite taking antibiotics, I can't properly like hear in my left ear. I'm still waiting to get an appointment with the hospital, which just seems to be taking time. But I've also been sick. I've had COVID a couple of times. I've had bugs from the kids and I've been sick quite a lot, which has been quite hard. Again, when you're trying to run a business, when you're trying to be a dad, when you're trying to train. So I've been sick more than ever. And that brings me on to my next point, being burnt out. I've been burnt out a lot this year. As the work has increased, as the pressure and the responsibility has increased, there have been many times where I've gone into the weekends or spent weeks like absolutely bollocksed, you know, if you pardon the bad language. So again, I don't know whether the illness has been down to just being burnt out because when you are stressed, um, it weakens your immune system. So you're more exposed to stuff. So I definitely say that the illness and burnout isn't, isn't a positive thing. And the success that I mentioned earlier in the podcast has come at a cost sometimes to my health, uh, especially like physical health. And then obviously once your physical health impacted, it does have a knock-on effect on your mental health as well. I also think like I still struggle at times with imposter syndrome. I look back and I kind of think, how did I actually get here? Because so much of my um, kind of drive for success has been based off the back of insecurity. You know, I've mentioned on my podcast where I shared my story, where I shared my lessons since starting LEP Fitness, that yeah, there's a lot of insecurity and self-doubt there. And a lot of what I've done is to kind of almost prove a point to other people and prove a point to myself. So even though I'm a completely different person and I've got a different mindset and a different life, there's still a part of me that sometimes feels like that 15, 16 year old kid that's vulnerable, that's maybe, you know, not the smartest, that's just about getting by, you know, less leaving school with five GCSEs, not being particularly clever, not having much confidence. So I still can sometimes slip back into that mode. And then when, when I look at where my life is now, there's also there's a, there's an element of like guilt, like have I fluked it? Have I stumbled my way to this position? And like, why do people trust me? Like, it's almost like this feeling of like not deserving what I've got. And again, logically, I can rationalize it. I can say, well, I've invested, you know, the best part of £120,000 to get here. I've sacrificed weekends when some of my mates were buying nice sports cars. You know, I was investing into my education when some of my mates were going out on nights out on the weekends and getting hammered. I was in studying, you know, traveling around the country or in some cases around the world to learn from mentors. So I know that I've sacrificed a lot. I know that I've put in a lot of work to get here. But the, the emotional part of me is like, yeah, but, you know, this was a bit lucky and you're still just that, you know, what's that song by uh, Jennifer Lopez, still Jenny from the block. It's kind of like that a little bit. And, and sometimes that doesn't feel so good. Uh, so I think that kind of imposter syndrome still raise its head every now and then. I also think from another like place that I failed is lack of dates with my wife, Sally. Like we spend, we've got a great relationship. We communicate really well. Everything we do is, is centered around the kids and building a family like a stable family, you know, financially, emotionally, we're affectionate with each other. We hug each other, we kiss each other and all that jazz. But definitely like just me and Sally going out on dates and I'm, I'm annoyed at myself because last year I said that I was gonna, we were going to make more of an effort and I've not done it. So I, I've got to say like this is one thing that I said I was going to do that I haven't done this year. And we've had a couple of, you know, dates. I think we've been out for food twice. We went to York for a weekend, which is great. But for me, I, I think I personally need to take ownership and make more effort with, with my wife from like a dating point of view, not just on a Saturday night, you know, in front of the TV, you know, the occasional meal here and there. I think, you know, I need to up my game and that's just me being full transparency and it's something that I'm going to do next year. Next year when I do a reflection podcast, that is going to be something that I'm going to put at the top of my list and say that I'm proud that I've accomplished. 
Another thing that I failed in, friendships, Jesus Christ, pardon the French, um, poor with my friendships this year. I've really neglected relationships outside of business. Uh, I've talked about obviously invest a lot of time with the kids at the weekend and obviously spending time, me and the kids spend our weekends together. But friendships, I have just been poor getting back to my friends. I haven't really made much of an effort. And again, this is something that I'm embarrassed by. And uh, yeah, it's something that again, I want to correct this next year. Another thing which I've kind of alluded to earlier is taking on too much, not delegating sooner. So I'm guilty of like taking everything, putting it on my shoulders and trying to do it. But there's only so much weight I can handle. It's a bit like getting under a squat bar that's like 200 kilograms. If I tried to squat 200 kilos, I'd be squished. Um, I'd literally not be able to walk for about a week and I wouldn't be squatting probably ever again. It would absolutely crush me. And I think sometimes I can take on too much, uh, too much work, too much responsibility, too much stress. And actually, there's people that I could have which I delegate out to and I've started doing like I mentioned with the accountant the video editor the social media manager so I've kind of learned through being burnt out learned through failure also at times like and I've, I've been much better at this recently but to, towards the beginning of the year having low energy at the weekend when you spend so much energy and effort on other people you get to the end of the week and you're just fried and therefore that impacts your mood and your energy. So sometimes at the weekends when I've been with the kids, I haven't been creative or I've just been like a little bit lazier just because I'm so tired. So again, by pushing the, like burning the candle at both ends, there's going to come to a point where you're going to break and there's definitely been weekends where I've gone into the weekends just absolutely knackered and not been the best version to my family just because I've been taken on too much. I've also had issues with the business, like systems breaking. There was a period where my emails weren't working for about four weeks, and sometimes um, emails would come through from clients, and other times I would miss stuff. So that was a bit of a headache. I've had website crashing. I've had so many issues with like tech this year, and again, that creates a lot of stress. Social anxiety. Again, I mentioned this on like the episode where I talked about my biggest weaknesses and flaws. Like social anxiety is something that I've definitely struggled with this year, um, and I think it's again because I just focus so much on work on family. I don't have that much else to speak about. Obviously, as you guys know, I talk about health, fitness. I talk about mindset. I share kind of like what's going on in my current life. But sometimes like when I'm in a social environment, I don't really know what's going on in the world. I live in a bit of a bubble and I kind of feel like a bit of an outsider in a lot of social situations. I probably feel safest when I'm hanging around with people who are like me, like driven by business, you know, and all the topics that I'm interested in. But sometimes I go to a party and like nobody gives a shit about mental health or, um, you know, fitness or personal growth or business or having an impact. They just... Yeah, I just find it hard sometimes to relate to people. Um, also, feeling alone. Like, even though I'm surrounded by an amazing wife, I've got an amazing mom and dad, you know, I've got amazing family, um, beautiful kids, I've got great clients, I've got great, you know, coaches, I've got so many great people, but still, there are a lot of times that I wake up and just feel a bit alone. Like, oh my God, it's like, it's only me that's going to do this work, and I can have all the support, and I can have care from people, but it's down to me to put in this work. So sometimes I feel alone with the mission that I'm on, and there's puzzles that I don't necessarily know how to solve, and that can be, yeah, quite a lonely place at times. And then the last thing is not speaking to my sister enough. Like, I love my sister so much. I'll never forget, like, there was a picture that's still in my grand's house to this day. My grand lives in Brighton. And I'm there wearing a Man City goalie top, 
because I don't know why, even though I'm a Newcastle fan, I think somebody bought me a Man City goalie top for Christmas and I've got this daft bull haircut and me and my sister are sat on one of these horses, you know, that you get in the park where you sit on them and they bounce forwards and backwards. Like, honestly, I'm surprised that they're still going to Boris with you because, yeah, the amount of kids that must break their nose on those things must be ridiculous. But I remember just, there was a picture taken with me and my sister and I was just hugging my sister and I had my eyes closed and my head was resting on top of her head. I just remember just feeling like my love for my sister and, and just thinking that, you know, I'm going to look after and protect my sister forever. And I feel like, yeah, over the last year or so, I feel like I've not made an effort and it's not because I don't love her, I don't care for her. She's got a busy life, I've got a busy life. But it's something that I want to build in the future. Uh, so we so build going into next year and she's also going to be coming, I think it's tomorrow, so she's going to be spending a couple of days. So just want to reconnect with my sister because uh, I've, I've not been a good brother. Um, not because of anything that I've done, but because of not reaching out. And uh, I think this is something that, yeah, I don't feel happy with. So they're kind of like the, the lows, the failures and the setbacks. But the good thing about this, guys, when you reflect on this, isn't to beat yourself up and to shame yourself. It's an opportunity to create awareness and therefore do something differently going into the future. So don't bury your head in the sand. If there's things that aren't going well, address them and face them head on because you can't hit what you can't see. Sometimes we've got to look at ourselves in the mirror and say, actually, this is where I fucked up or this is where I failed. And what can I do to stop this from happening again? Like some of my biggest successes have come off the back of my biggest lows, failures and setbacks. So finally, guys, I want to go into the lessons. So these are like the biggest lessons. I think this is a really valuable way to finish and wrap up this podcast. These are some things that have helped me enormously this year. So the first lesson is new levels, new devils. As you start to progress with your career, your work, your physique, there's going to be new challenges that arise. And every level you get to comes with new challenges. It's a bit like a computer game. The first level challenges you, but then you do it. But then by the time you get to the last level, it's a completely different ball game. And there's always new things that hit you. And no matter how far you go, usually the higher you go, the more challenging it's got, it gets Another lesson is like, it's okay to feel your emotions, but you've got to learn to also detach from them as well. A lot of the work that I've done with Kieran O'Neill, who's my mindset coach this year, is the ability to still feel. I don't want to switch off my emotions because if I switch off my emotions, then you become a psychopath or a sociopath. Emotions are great because it allows you to feel. It allows you to connect and it can be a huge driver. But sometimes we experience emotions. Like I experience emotions. I feel sad. I feel alone at times. I, I get angry. I get frustrated. Like I experience all those kind of, in inverted commas, negative emotions. But I'm much better able now to detach from them. Um, I, I've shared this analogy before on the podcast, but your emotions are a bit like clouds in the sky. They aren't that you can, you're aware of them, but it doesn't mean that you are them. So just because it's raining outside, you aren't the rain. The rain is just outside. So even if your emotions, for example, are raining, I, you're feeling sad, you're feeling alone, you're feeling a bit depressed. That doesn't mean that's who you are. That's just what your emotions are. So the ability to uh, detach from those emotions, still have awareness over them and still feel, but still be able to operate. So in the past, I would feel like dark and I'd be like, oh my God, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Like, how am I still feeling like this? Even after all the money I've spent on myself, even after all the books I've read, even after all the courses, even with the best coaches in the world in my corner, how am I still feeling like that? Whereas now it's like, I've learned that even my coaches that I look up to, they all feel like that. But it's the ability to still operate and to still take action regardless of how you feel. I don't always feel like training. 
but I train anyway. I don't always feel like turning up for work, but I turn up for work. I don't always feel like, you know, playing Xbox with Noah or, you know, doing family events, but I do it anyway. So it's that ability to detach from your emotions, still feel them, but still operate whether you're high, whether you're low or whether you're somewhere in between. Another lesson is like, for me, like figuring out who I am as a coach, like I'm so much more than just somebody that gives somebody a plan and does check-ins, like my ability to empathize with people, you know, my ability to share my personal growth. And I believe that my biggest superpower as a coach is the fact that I can empathize. My empathy is, 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 is so powerful because of all the struggles and challenges that I've been through. As I've shared on previous episodes, you know, my binge eating, struggling with imposter syndrome, uh, overcoming self-doubts and limiting beliefs. Like my journey has been rocky and I've been at the lowest that you can be pretty much, but I've come out the other side. So I can really understand when people are struggling. I can read people very, very well. And that for me is a superpower. So the lesson for me is like using my own story the good, the bad, and everything in between to be able to help other people on their journeys. And I, my business coach asked me this on the podcast the other week. He said, like, what do you believe, like, your real mission is? And I said, well, in all honesty, I'm on a mission to become the best version of myself so that I can help other people become the best versions of themselves. And again, that is, for me, that is just like a light bulb has clicked where I'm like, listen, the better I get, the more I can help other people. The more I can help other people, the more impact I can have on their lives, on their children's lives, on their career, on their relationships. And that's what drives me. So that has been a big lesson. I also think if you were to apply that to yourself, like the more you invest into yourself, the better off everybody is going to be around you. And most importantly, like the better off you're going to be for investing into yourself. The fourth lesson is jumping on people's boats. Now, you're probably thinking, what the hell is he talking about jumping on people's boats? What I mean by that is hanging around people who are better than you or who know more than you or who are on the same path as you. Because I've learned so much over this last year just literally by being in the room with amazing people. You are effectively, like when I look at my coaches, they've got these massive yachts, so to speak, in terms of not physical yachts, but actually like they've got these super boats that are going super, super fast. Now, as a client, even just by me being on a jet ski, hanging on to the side of that boat, I'm going to go fast. I'm going to go with them. So actually hanging around with people is going to take you and elevate you to the next level. People that are constantly investing in themselves. And I also believe a lot of the clients, the reason why they continue to invest into me is because they're not just investing in a static investment. It's not like, right, Nick's passed his personal training course. And that's it. He doesn't do anything else. I am constantly reading books. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly investing. I talked about, you know, the £28,000 investment that I've made this year on my education. You invest in a bit like in stocks or a property, something that's going up in value. And that's why I invest in my coaches, because they're all going up in value. And therefore, by me hanging around with them, I'm effectively, I think it was Isaac Newton that said this, standing on the shoulders of giants. That, that's the way that you learn. The fifth lesson is sharpening the saw. Downtime equals uptime. So not being afraid to actually come away. I've got this mindset where like you've got to graft hard, you've got to work hard, like you can't take your foot off the pedal. Like life's too short to kind of take chill time. But I've actually started to realise like by coming out of the chaos, spending time with the kids, playing Xbox, watching the football, going on walks, like doing things that are outside of my comfort zone, that actually allows me to be better in business, to be better for my family. So downtime equals uptime. And I honestly believe that each day we should be trying to factor in some downtime, even if that's just a 10 minute coffee sitting outside, even if that's like a five minute meditation or just going for a walk around the block, actually factor it into your day something which just gives you a bit of downtime something that's fun something that kind of switches you off from all the stresses 
responsibility and commitments that we all have in our daily lives. The sixth lesson is like being organised. Prep is key. The busier you get, the more you need to plan. Like for me this year, I have I've got uh, goals like uh, yearly goals. I've had quarterly goals for so every three months, monthly goals, like weekly goals. I plan out each week on a Sunday. It takes me about an hour, and yes, it takes an hour. But that hour, what it's given me from like a clarity point of view, product productivity point of view, is amazing. And then I plan out each day. I always plan out the next day in the evening, so I know what I'm doing. Don't get it wrong, you've got to allow for some flexibility, but 80% of the time that plan gets executed and I know that if I'm sticking to that plan, good things are going to happen. So just being organised, and this comes being organised with your training, knowing when you're training, what you're doing in the gym, with your food, like if you're working from home, you, you've got the luxury of prepping. If you're travelling, right, what are you going to do when you go to a service station? Like just being organised. And again, I think this is why a lot of people come to me. It's like I can do the training, I can do the organising, I can tell you what system's going to be best for you and then you can go away and implement it and again that's why I have my own coaches because they can look at me and say right this is what you need to do to to optimize and then I can just follow that plan so being organized and preparing is absolutely key and then uh, the last couple of things so highs don't last neither do lows everything passes there have been a lot of highs for me this year which I've shared earlier in the podcast and they wear off like it's, it's it's so quick like highs but also the lows do as well they've been challenging struggles stuff that you think oh my god how am I going to fix this like what am I going to do and then in a week like you've forgotten about it so everything passes good and bad another lesson is like it's better to be consistently good than occasionally great I see so many people who are perfectionists they're they're either all or nothing they're either sticking to the food and training or they're off it and just drinking booze and eating shit and just, they're either on it or off it. And for me, it's better to be consistently good than occasionally great. Even if you look at myself throughout the year, I've mentioned like training four times per week or four and a half times per week on average. Back in the day, I would train seven days a week and then I'd be so burnt out after 12 weeks, I have to take two weeks off. So if you look at the law of averages, my training is so much better because rather than trying to do more, I'm just trying to consistently do a certain number. Same with the food. I would diet on a strict plan for 12 weeks. Then I would binge for maybe like two to four weeks or months and I would just do this kind of forwards and backwards. Whereas in now, my diet is consistently good 80% of the time. So it's for me, like consistently good rather than occasionally great and learning to... Yeah, not try and be perfect, but just constantly make progress as many weeks of the year as possible. Uh, the, the final couple of lessons is like, it's not always how, but it's who. So it's not always how to do something, but it's who do you need to help you do it. This is something that, again, I've been talking with Kieran, my mindset coach with. A lot of times we're looking for like, like how do I get in shape? Uh, how do I do this? And don't get me wrong, that's a part of it, but sometimes it's who do you need to be with or who do you need to hire to help you get the outcome that you want? Again, my coaches, they give me tactics, i.e. the hows, but it's their knowledge, it's their ability to be able to articulate a message and to give me exactly what I need. And it's the the person, the reason why I spend so much money on my business coaches is, isn't because of like the plans that they give me, it's the knowledge that they've obtained and the ability for them to articulate, notice my blind spots and just to give me exactly what I need. So it's not always how, but it's who. So again, hanging around, who do you need right now in your life that is gonna help you get to that next level? Is it a business coach? 
Is it um, somebody to help you out with relationships? Is it, you know, counseling or therapy? Is it fitness, you know, something related to, you know, dropping body fat, building muscle? Who do you need in your corner right now? And there's nothing stopping you having a couple of people. Like I've mentioned, I've got a business coach, I've got a fitness coach, and I've got a mindset coach. I've got three different coaches, one taking part of my, taking care of my brain, one helping me take care of my body, and then one helping me take care of my business because they're the things that are important to me. So like I said, it's not always how to do something it's who do you need that's going to help facilitate your growth and it's usually going to be a coach or a mentor because we live in this day and age where information is rife it's not a how problem it's a who problem how can somebody articulate this in a way that is relevant to you in your situation and from my experience it's having a good coach in your corner and the last thing is like focusing on processes and daily actions if you focus on the process and daily actions the results will follow i know that if i post content on social media six times per week good things will happen i know that there's still going to be weeks where things are slower but i know that by doing certain tasks over time good things will happen same with my fitness if i train four times a week say on average eat well 80 percent of the time walk 10,000 steps i know i'll make progress there will be dips there will be slow days there will be weeks and months maybe that go by where i'm not necessarily making the pro progress that i want but if i just come back to those processes i know that the results are going to take care of themselves so that's my reflection guys of 2023 i'd love to know what you thought of it i know it's a long episode but i just wanted to share it and i wanted to talk about the personal stuff the business stuff the health and fitness the lows the failures the setbacks the lessons and i just wanted to almost like try and articulate a year's worth of happenings in the space of like a well in this case a 40 minute episode so i'd love to know guys like did you take anything from that was there anything that resonated with you and made you realize that actually you know what for me over this next year this is what i want to focus on i just love to know what stood out to you there's there's probably i shared about probably 50 50 plus points today so there's a lot of information um, and i'd love to know like what did you take from today how and how can you apply it to your own life how can you build so hope you enjoyed the episode as always guys i appreciate your support i appreciate the fact that you've taken you know, the best part of 40 minutes out of your busy life to listen to this. And also, I hugely respect the fact that you've listened to the podcast, you know, from start to finish, because for me, it signifies that this is somebody that is interested in becoming a better person, a better human being, and who wants to invest into themselves time, effort, money, and energy. And for me, that is like the most, the biggest trait that I look for in people is that not where they are but where they want to go and what they're prepared to do to get there so uh, I've got a huge amount of respect for anybody that's listening to these podcasts and I honestly appreciate it like it means more to me than you'll ever know so uh, thanks guys um, really appreciate you listening and uh, looking forward to speaking to you on the next episode